Are you getting frustrated with what to feed a teenager who's always hungry? Everybody knows that teenagers have a huge appetite. It seems like you need to feed them constantly to satisfy their hunger. It's even more difficult where teenagers who struggle with their weight truly want to make changes, like cut down on junk food or stop overeating, and they can't. There's frustration, isolation, stress, and that's why I decided to create a recipe collection of 30 easy and healthy meals for teenagers. They're all high in protein to satisfy your teenager's hunger, and they can all be ready in less than 30 minutes. If you want to grab a free copy, go to lifestyle4teens.com forward slash recipes. Are you getting frustrated with what to feed a teenager who's always hungry? Everybody knows that teenagers have a huge appetite. It seems like you need to feed them constantly to satisfy their hunger. It's even more difficult where teenagers who struggle with their weight truly want to make changes, like cut down on junk food or stop overeating, and they can't. There's frustration, isolation, stress, and that's why I decided to create a recipe collection of 30 easy and healthy meals for teenagers. They're all high in protein to satisfy your teenager's hunger, and they can all be ready in less than 30 minutes. If you want to grab a free copy, go to lifestyle4teens.com forward slash recipes. This is the Lifestyle and Weight Loss for Teens podcast. If you're a mom and want to help your child who is struggling to lose weight, you are in the right place. If you are looking for healthy lifestyle tips, Dr. Gorgory is here to help you understand the science around safe weight loss in teens and children. Because what works for adult weight loss is not always the best for children. This podcast is for educational purposes only. Dr. Gorgory does not provide medical, psychological, or nutrition therapy advice. You should not use this information to diagnose or treat any health problems without consulting your own medical practitioner. And now, your host, Dr. Jenny Gorgory. Hello, everyone. This is Dr. Gorgory. I'm here with you again for another episode, which I hope you will also find helpful. I chose this topic because I'm sure you have heard about this before, but it's always easier, I find, to actually follow an advice when you know where it comes from. So have you heard about using smaller plates may help you with building healthier habits? And this is true for adults. But not so many studies have studied that in children. So I found this study that was, to me, interested, that it really investigated what's the role of the size of the plate when we are trying to find ways to establish healthier habits in children. And will that affect their risk for being overweight? So let's get started. The title of this uh, manuscript is Plate Size and Children's Appetite, Effects of Larger Disware 
on self-serve portions and intake. So the leading author of this research was Dr. Catherine DeSantis. This was done at Department of Community and Global Public Health, Arcaria University, Glenside, Pennsylvania. And this research was published in one of major high-impact journals in the field of pediatrics. It's called in the Pediatrics Journal. It was published in May of 2013. And why did the authors do this study? What was their main question? As I mentioned, we know that in adults that adults that use a larger plate tend to consume more calories and tend to be more overweight. But in children, we don't have so much data. So they the uh, researchers try to understand what's the role of using smaller or bigger plates when you're uh, when the childrens are uh, self serving their meal will that affect their quantity of the food that they consume so the idea that children should learn to serve their own food is an idea that you may have heard from your child's pediatrician you may have heard that it is an important skill that starts very early in children so even toddlers can have the ability to self serve themselves and self regulate and Of course there are some developmental milestones that every child can achieve at different ages but overall the concept of allowing children to self regulate how much food they're eating is a very important skill and it is encouraged by pediatric societies There is in fact even a previous study that the researchers mentioned where preschoolers were found to request more cereal and to ask for more cereal to be served when the bowls that they had were larger compared to if their size of the bowl were smaller. So the researchers in this particular topic we're discussing today they did their study in first grade children in one elementary school in Philadelphia in Pennsylvania and what they did in the school this was during the kids lunch break that took approximately 15 minutes they had organized a buffet with uh, different entree options and they were giving children either the small plate or the larger plate and they weighed it they weighed the food that the kid served themselves They also observed the kids while they were eating the food and at the end of the meal they also weighed the leftover food on the plate so that way they could estimate how much actual food the kids consumed. So let's just start by saying they looked at uh, first graders and they also excluded children that they had other chronic medical conditions or they were taking medications that could possibly affect their food intake or they had food allergies that could also affect their choices so they wanted to focus in 
otherwise healthy children that did not have any underlying conditions, were not taking any medications. So when they used, they, as I mentioned, they had two different plates. The small plate was a 7.25 inch diameter and the large plate had 10.25 inch diameter. And then the small size bowl that they it was used for fruits and vegetables and side dishes in the first instance was eight ounces bowl. And in the second instance, the big plate was associated with a 16 ounces bowl. So in general, the large size of plate and bowl was twice the size of the small plate and the small bowl. So they had the option to choose different kinds of meals. So it was either food that was like not in predetermined serving size, like for example, pasta with meat and sauce, or they had meal options where they could have uh, certain pieces, like for example, chicken nuggets. They also had different fruits and uh, vegetables available, and all kids were offered fixed portions of milk and bread, and those were not uh, self-served, like that was offered to all children. And because this, there was this change in the way that the kids were offered the food before they actually tried to do the study and try to capture the research data, they had a period of adjustment where the kids were introduced to this new style of eating to kind of like have some adjustment period. And then after that is when they started to actually collect data. So the buffet table had three serving bowls and they had the entree, the vegetable and the fruit. So the kids were instructed that they would have, they would pass from the buffet only one time. They can take as much food as they wish. They can eat as much food as they wish. They can lift, they can also leave on the plate what they don't want to eat anymore but they were not allowed to share their food with other children. And as I mentioned, they did weigh the food, not directly in front of the kids, but they used a remote reading of the weight so that the kids would not feel, uh, would not feel that they were in a position of observation on that they, and they could choose how much they, they wanted to eat. Another thing the the researchers did is that they asked the kids how much they liked the food. And they had like a different scale of likeliness. So they could say, do you think this food tastes yummy, yucky, or just okay? So they could also collect that data on like what's the importance of uh, the liking of the food in like how much uh, food they served. They also collected data about the children's weight and height. Again, they calculated the body mass index, which is the measurement of being overweight. And they also collected some uh, demographic questionnaires where they wanted to evaluate different factors, let's say the race, ethnicity, age, uh, what's the family income situation. And they had a way to estimate whether there was food insecurity in the house. In other, wo- in other words, they wanted to see whether kids that did not have a lot of food in their 
own homes, whether that was affecting their choices or not. So every child was given the opportunity to eat either on a small size plate or on a bigger size plate and was given also the opportunity to either have an entree type that was like an amorphous type, like let's say pasta and meatballs versus also an entree that was with different unit size, like for example, like chicken nuggets. So a total of eight lunches for each each child were recorded and the data were analyzed. So let's get to the interesting part. What were the results? Are you ready? So the researchers found that The children that had a larger plate were serving more food to their plates on average 90 calories more than when they used the smaller plates. So when they looked at the particular intake of whether it was the amorphous type of meal or whether it was the single unit like chicken nuggets or pasta, it really made no difference. You can see that whether it's like pieces that you serve or whether you have a big chunk of food put in your plate. If you have if kids had a bigger plate, they tend to have more pieces or they have to have more mass of, of whatever food they were eating. And the same was true also for the amount of the fruit they serve. So if they had a bigger plate, they also tend to serve more fruit. But that was not true for the amount of vegetables. So the only, like even when they had like a bigger serving bowl for the vegetables, uh, that didn't affect their, they wouldn't get more vegetables. What affected their intake of vegetables and their choices were really, was really whether they liked the vegetable or not. And in general, whether they liked the food or not also played a role in how much food they were serving themselves. So when the children liked the food, they gave themselves an average of 104 more calories than when they reported that they did not like the food. And whether they liked the fruit or not, that also played a role in whether in how much fruit they chose. So they tend to choose more fruit if they like the fruit. So the other thing they looked is whether, so there is one thing, how much food you serve on your plate. And then the other thing is how much food you actually eat, right? So what they found was that the kids that served bigger portions consumed also more food than the kids that had served less amount of food. So the amount of food that ends up on the plate plays a major role in the amount of food the children actually eat. Now, as I mentioned, the researchers also looked at the some demographic factors, and they did not see that the age or the gender or the body mass index influenced how much food the kids were actually serving on the plates. 
However, one demographic factor that played a role was the food insecurity. So children that came from families that did not have a lot of food in their homes tended to serve more food when they were at school. So let's summarize this study. So what is the take-home message? What does this study show us? And yes, it is a small study, but it has some are useful, I find, uh, messages. So it is clear that similar to what has been found in adults, that when adults use a larger plate, they tend to consume more calories and they tend to eat more food. Similar data exist for kids that are young as like first grade, as first graders. And we don't have data from this study from other age groups and we don't have information on how these kids do when they are at home. So, of course, a lot of more research can be done on this topic. However, it gives a signal that the plate that uh, children have is also important in determining how much food they serve to themselves and also how much food eventually they may consume. So if you are a kid and you're listening to that to this podcast or if you're a parent and you are wanting to find a method to help your children make healthier choices I would suggest that this is could be one of the things you can try is choose smaller plates and it's actually a good habit not only for children but the whole family we're so used to bigger plates, bigger portions, and getting this visual satisfaction that my plate is full is actually maybe more important than what we think. So I invite you to go to your kitchen, open the cabinets, look at the plates, choose your favorite plates, and see whether you can select some of the smaller size plates and Try to uh, serve your meals in those and uh, let me know what happens and let me know if this was helpful. I hope it was uh, useful information that you can start applying on your daily life right away. So it was a pleasure talking to you again today and I'll be with you again next weekend with another episode. Take care, my friends. Bye-bye. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast, I invite you to come check out the Lift program. It's Dr. Gorgory's 12-week coaching program for teens and their moms, where we take all this information, we apply it to your daily life, and we work together so your teenager learns how to create a healthy lifestyle so they can feel happier, more confident, less stressed, and love their body again. Visit the website at lifestyleforteens.com and click on the work with me and free resources to learn more about this program and get free help to start this journey right away. Thanks for tuning in and we'll catch you in the next episode of Lifestyle and Weight Loss for Teens.